Praise the Lord, CLA. This is Pastor Dees. Good to be with you all once again. And uh, we are continuing our uh, study of the Feast of the Lord, the Feast of God. And uh, we have uh, so far talked about um, the uh, Feast of Passover, uh, Feast of Unleavened Bread, and now we are on to the Feast of Weeks. I'm sorry, not the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of First Fruits. Uh, first fruits. And um, and so uh, I don't know how much we'll get into, how far we'll get into it, but um, those first three are grouped together. So um, Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits are one section of the feast. And um, and then that'll lead us into the fourth one. But before we get there, let's let's start with scripture. Let's go to Leviticus chapter number 23, Leviticus chapter 23, verse number nine. And uh, the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, speak unto the children of Israel, say unto them, when you become into the land which I give unto you and shall reap the harvest thereof, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest. And he shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted for you on the morrow after the Sabbath. The priest shall wave it. And um, we'll continue verse 12. And you shall offer that day when you wave the sheaf a he lamb without blemish of the first year for a burnt offering unto the Lord. And the meat offering thereof shall be two tenth deals of fine flour mingled with oil an offering made by fire unto the Lord for a sweet savor, and the drink offering thereof shall be of wine, the fourth part of a hen. And you shall eat neither bread nor parched corn nor green ears until the selfsame day that you have brought an offering unto your God. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. Amen. So um, the Feast of first fruits, And so... This, let's just start with uh, looking at the timing of it. It tells us that it is the Sabbath, the, the morrow after the Sabbath. Verse number 11, it says, on the morrow after the Sabbath. So this would be the day after the Sabbath. And, um, and so what's it referencing? Um, I believe most will agree that it is referencing the Sabbath day that would follow uh, Passover. So because um, these were always grouped together. And so you had Passover, you had uh, unleavened bread, which was a week long. Um, and then the Sabbath day, or what we would call Saturday, that would follow Passover whenever that would be. Um, and then the following day, that would be the Feast of First Fruits. So um, if we were to look at our own calendar, first fruits would always fall on a Sunday because it is the day after the Sabbath. So the day after Saturday would be Sunday. And so first fruits would be, always be celebrated on a Sunday, on the first day of the week. Um, and so um, just to kind of give you an idea, so Passover, Passover could be any day of the week. It's the 14th of Nisan. Uh, Passover could be a, a Monday, it could be a Saturday, it could be a Sunday, um, but whatever day, Passover could fall on a Monday. Um, and then the Sabbath day, which would be that Saturday, 
um, would be this would be the normal Sabbath, and then the Feast of First Fruits would be that Sunday. So, no matter when it was, no matter how far away, it could it would always be that Sunday following Passover. So, um, it is tied. So, first fruits is always linked to Passover. Uh, you cannot have first fruits without Passover. Um, there is a principle there um, that first fruits was not um, a holiday or a feast day that stood on its own. Um, God didn't say, hey, pick the 23rd of Nisan or the fifth day of, of January. Um, but it was always from Passover um, and then it, then you could have first fruits. And so it was always tied to Passover. So let's bring this home to where we are. Uh, actually, let's, let's keep going just a little bit in that vein. Um, so what were the Israelites required to do on first fruits? So he tells them that it represents when they were to go into the land and harvest um, their crop. And so they, um, they would have planted um, their fields. And then as the um, harvest would begin and uh, as what they would call the barley harvest would begin, um, they would reap some of that from the very beginning and they would take uh, a sheaf um, or just a bunch of it and they would offer it to the Lord. They would bring it to the Lord, that first produce, the first harvest that they got, they would bring it to the Lord and they would wave it before him and they would give him thanks for it. And so this signified that they were acknowledging that God was the giver of the harvest, that everything that they got was from the Lord. And so they would offer it to the Lord. So they would, they would take that first produce, that first um, reward of their labor and they wouldn't eat it themselves. They would actually take it back to God and offer it to him. And so it was absolutely, it was an act of, of praise. It was an act of worship, but it was also an act of faith because they were trusting that the God that had brought the first fruit would bring the rest of the harvest. They, and so by faith, they would say, we're going to give the first fruits back to you, God. Because we're believing that this is evidence that you're going to give us the rest of the harvest. That there's more coming. And the more that's coming is greater than just this um, first fruit that we're offering to you. So it was an act of faith. It was a feast of faith. It, it was uh, a celebration of God's provision. Um, but it was also a transferring of faith that there was more to come. That this is just the beginning of what God is doing. And so they would um, offer that um, to the Lord. Uh, he even makes a provision in there in, in uh, Leviticus 23 that they were not to eat anything. Verse number 14, that uh, when they came into the land, like you were not to eat until the first fruits had been offered. And so um, God expected before um, you, I'll say, feed yourself before you do anything, you first go back and give God glory. And, and so uh, God expected us to acknowledge him uh, first, to acknowledge him 
and, and then the rest of it would follow um, after that for the children of Israel. So um, now let us bring this a little bit here towards uh, to our uh, time period. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And um, we're going to read um, starting at verse number um, 17. We'll start at verse 17. And uh, so 1 Corinthians 15, 17, it says, And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain. You are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. Praise God. And so we see right here that um, Jesus Christ is the first fruits. His resurrection was the first fruit. Uh, so that feast was pointing to Jesus. As we see, as we know, um, Jesus says, um, study the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, but these be they which testify of me. So the, the point of the scriptures is pointing us to Jesus. And so the feast, the feast of first fruits is, of course, pointing us to Jesus. And it represents his resurrection. It represents um, the first fruit of the harvest of God, of, of, of a new man, of a new body being resurrected, this harvest that God wants to reap. And so this is why, um, if you go back 2,000 years ago, Jesus was resurrected on the Feast of First Fruits. Um, you find it in every single one of your Gospels. If you go to uh, Matthew chapter number 28, Matthew chapter 28, verse number one, it says, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to the sepulcher. Behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. And so um, we see here that Jesus rose from the dead on the first day of the week, which was the day after the Sabbath, which is exactly what Leviticus 23, um, 11 tells us you are to celebrate on the day after the Sabbath of Passover. So Jesus died on Passover. It began the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And then the Sabbath day hits. And then after the Sabbath day, which is Sunday, first day of the week, Jesus rises from the dead. So um, and you find it in every single gospel that um, it was um, a consensus, 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 sorry, that Jesus resurrected on the first day of the week on that Sunday. And so uh, this is what we call Resurrection Sunday or what others call Easter but the Bible calls it first fruits. It is the feast of first fruits. So uh, amazingly, 
that day that Jesus resurrected from the dead was already a holiday. It was a day God had ordained thousands of years before that this day is going to be the day that the first fruit of my harvest will be uh, offered unto me, will be presented unto me. And of course, God, he is the master planner. He is the most um, amazing um, architect and, and, and uh, orchestrator that we know. And so none of this is by accident. Every single thing he did was on purpose. And so as we study these feasts, we see that God knew what he was doing. Nothing is outside of his control. He is always in control. So even down to the timing of it, um, it's under the control of God. And so um, Jesus was and is our first fruits. But Paul says that the first fruit, though, is just the beginning, right? So the first fruit was just the beginning of the harvest. It wasn't the entire harvest, but it was just the beginning of it. And so Jesus resurrecting from the dead um, is, is proof that there's going to be more resurrection from the dead. He was the first fruit. He, and so his resurrection gives us evidence that there is life after death, gives us evidence that I'm going to be resurrected because I am in him. If I have been planted in the same field as Jesus Christ, if I have been uh, planted in his likeness, then I know that I'm going to reap the same harvest that he has already reaped. Praise God. And so this is why the Bible tells us in Romans 6 that we need to be buried with him in baptism. I want to be buried just like Christ was buried. I, I want to be planted with him. So um, because that seed, it goes into the ground and it dies. But Jesus rose from the dead as the beginning of that harvest. And so for us, we have confidence that if I die, if I planted into his death and into his likeness, then I also experience that same resurrection of Jesus Christ. Praise God. And so um, many scriptures, there's scripture that where Jesus says, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. And so just like on the day of first fruits, the high priest would lift up and wave the offering, the sheath before the Lord. And so literally at the same time Jesus was being resurrected, the high priest was going through the ritual of first fruits and was uh, waving the sheaf of, of the grain of the barley harvest before the Lord. And um, at the same time, uh, Jesus was being offered and, um, and waved before the Lord. And, um, and so this is the significance of, of, of his resurrection on that Sunday, on uh, that day of the week. Uh, so, you know, we might say, well, he was resurrected that day simply because it was, you know, three days, the significance of three days. There is significance to three days, but uh, I believe more than that, it was God's appointed feast. And we'll see as, as you study the scriptures, God moves according to his own calendar. Uh, he moves according to his seasons and his times. And so I believe uh, we, do, we do ourselves a great service 
if we can understand God's timing and understand how he operates um, and when he operates. And so we're not fully going to know his ways because they're past finding out. But there are some things he has revealed to us. He has expressly said, hey, listen, these are days that are important to me. And so if God says this is a day that's important to him, guess what? I want it to be important to me. I want to know about it. I want to study it. And I want to be ready. I want to be involved in it. And so the Feast of First Fruits was an important day to God. And it was the day of the resurrection of Jesus. Um, but like, just like with the Israelites, right? And so that feast day, it was tied to Passover. You could not have first fruits without Passover. That's why the date was not just, like I said, it was not just the 15th of Nisan. Um, it, it, it wasn't, you know, uh, just a, a, a calendar date. But it was literally, once you have Passover, then after the Sabbath, after the rest, then there is first fruits. And so just like Jesus, just like the resurrection, you cannot have a resurrection without the cross. You cannot have new life without death. Um, and so Jesus said this. He says, unless um, a corn of wheat, unless a, a seed uh, falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. Paul said this, he says, oh, that I might know him in the power of his resurrection, but in the fellowship of his sufferings. And so uh, scripture says that if we suffer with Christ, we shall reign with him. And so uh, praise God that if I have my Passover, my Passover is I've got to die to this flesh. I've got to die out to sin and die out to the world. But if I die out to the world, there is a promise that there shall be a first fruits. There shall be a resurrection. Um, there shall be a harvest. Amen. And so um, for us, Passover happening um, assured that first fruits would happen. That's, that's what the Lord is saying here. He's saying, if you have a Passover, if the lamb is killed, if there is a feast of unleavened bread, then first fruits is a guarantee. It's a guarantee. It's based. It's simply based on Passover. So, so every year you celebrated Passover, you knew you were going to celebrate first fruits. There was going to be a harvest. And so this is the power of the gospel that um, we're not just preaching for people to be resurrected from the dead. No, no, no. That's you can't have that. You can't. Uh, a lot of people want the glory of God and the power of God and they want eternal life and they want salvation and and all these things. But but that's why Jesus came pre preaching a gospel of repentance, preaching a gospel of dying, preaching a gospel of 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 turning from yourself, of letting go of your own ways. Because if you do that, if you have a Passover, if you die with Christ, you're going to rise with Christ. If you're buried with him, then you're going to be raised up into new life with him. Praise God. And so this is why we preach Passover. This is why we preach repentance. This is why we preach baptism in Jesus name. And the Bible says in Acts 2.38, you repent, you're baptized in Jesus name. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It doesn't preach and say, hey, you guys just need to receive the Holy Ghost. No, it says you repent, you get buried you shall. It is a promise of God that first fruits is tied to Passover.
it always follows Passover. And so we have a promise from God that if you'll die out, you'll resurrect. If you'll let go of your sins, there will be new life. Praise God. So um, first fruits is a uh, is a powerful thing, powerful thing. And of course, like I've said this before, the enemy wants to take the things of God and hide them and cover them and make them um, uh, unimportant or make them ugly or add things to them or take the glory of it away. And uh, many years ago, um, the uh, Catholic Church at that time was um, very determined to remove um, all Jewish type of um, nomenclature and ideology from the gospel, from the New Testament, from Christianity, and they eliminated uh, days and, and names that were based in, in Judaism, based in, in, in the Jewish culture. Um, and there was a lot of um, anti-Semitic um, spirit that was going on, a hatred for Jews, which has always been, um, but sad that it would come from people who called themselves the church. But the Bible tells us that the church, that we are built upon the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. And so our gospel is not separate from um, the scriptures. The Bible says um, the scriptures are able to make you wise unto salvation. That's what he told Timothy. And so the scriptures, which is the what we would call our Old Testament, is what makes us wise to salvation. It's what gives me understanding of salvation. And so without the scriptures, without um, the, the principles of God laid out in the law and the Torah by Moses and the prophets, I don't fully understand salvation. I don't understand what it is that Jesus came to do and what he wants to fulfill in my life. And I believe there's so many Christians nowadays that um, they call themselves Christians, but they really don't understand salvation. They don't understand what Jesus came to do. Um, and so um, the devil uh, has tried to take away Feast of First Fruits, and he's replaced it with Easter, which, you know, is from, uh, if you do any type of research, you'll see that that's from a, from a, a pagan uh, goddess, Ishtar, um, and fertility goddess, and that's where you get this idea of bunnies and eggs and fertility and all that stuff. Um, so, like I said, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing morally wrong with having an uh, Easter egg hunt or putting candy in a basket and giving candy to your kids and buying them bikes. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the problem I have with it is when that is used to cover up the glory of the scriptures and the glory of what God says and the glory of first fruits. And so um, uh, just as we're learning, as I'm learning the scriptures, as I'm growing in the word of God, more and more, I want to let go of worldly things um, and allow the glory of God to shine forth. So um, I, I believe that God is just bringing things back um, bringing us back to the scriptures, bringing us back to the word of God in such a powerful way um, as he prepares his bride for his coming. Amen. Um, 
There is more to say on this, but I want to keep this uh, not too long. So we'll continue with more of the Feast of First Fruits um, on, on the next uh, session of this. But uh, praise God. Let's, let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that you are our first fruit, that you uh, raise from the dead. We thank you that you are evidence, Lord, that the word is true. You are evidence, Lord, that if we will die out, O oh Lord, that we will crucify our flesh and the members of our body. Lord, that there is a hope of a resurrection. Lord, we thank you that you are our example, Lord, and so we just honor you even right now. Help us to give you the glory, O oh God. Help us to continue to preach the message of repentance and baptism in the wonderful name of Jesus. We thank you for this wonderful message. We thank you for your glory. I thank you for your people. Oh God, just uh, stir us, continue to reveal your will, your mind to us. Help us to understand you and to grow. We love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Awesome. Praise God. Uh, God bless you. In Jesus' name.